Okay, so let's take a look at the Gemara in Shabbos that paid Vav on the base. So the truth is, is, it's a little bit of a longer Gemara. Uh, I tried to take a snippet out of it because it's actually pretty complicated. A back, a long back and forth between Rabbi Yossi and the Chachamim fighting it out about whether the Torah was given on the sixth of Sivan or on the seventh of Sivan. Um, the Torah, I mean, the the the, the Hashem, Hashem speaking to us uh, as receivers. Uh, so it's like it. so. So the Chacham say on the sixth, and Rabbi Yossi says on the seventh. So they, they, they keep going back and forth with the, with the Cheshbon, uh, how long were the months, etc. But boils down to the following: the Gemara, the Chacham asks Rabbi Yossi, Mesi, who kedashtem hayom umachem. Rabbi Yossi's Cheshbon comes out that when that that, that when when Klausel arrived. At Harsinai, if you make the, the calculation of, of every, every different stage that took place, then finally he's going to need that there should be three days of um, of, of Prisha when when uh, when Klaus were in, in a state of preparation for the Hashem reviewing himself today. And the problem is that the Pasuk says. You should sanctify yourselves today and tomorrow. So Rabbi Yossi is going to fall one day short. It works out well according to the Chachamim. That'll be on the 6th of Sivan. According to Rabbi Yossi. He's going to fall one day short. So Rabbi Yossi needs Shloshis Temekbal. Three days of, of, of separating from their wives and and uh, be, uh, preparation for the Kabbalah Sator. Amar Lacha. So Rabbi Yossi responded, Yom Echad Hosif Moshe Midaito. Moshe added an extra day from his own understanding. Detanya, Shoshat Vorim also Moshe Midaito. There were three things that Hashem did, or that Moshe did from his own understanding. And Hashem agreed to what Moshe did. The first one is Hosif Yom Echad Midaito, that Moshe added an extra day to the preparation for the Kabbalah Secondly, he separated from his wife, Sipora, and Hashem agreed to him. And finally, he broke the loopholes after the Jewish people sinned with the golden calf. Now, how do we know how to, that Hashem agreed? Sorry, first the Gemara asks, uh, how did Moshe know to do this? So my darsh, what psukim did Moshe darshan to come to the conclusion that he should that we should wait an extra day? Because the pasuk says, Hashem said to Moshe that they should prepare themselves hayom umachar today and tomorrow. So Moshe made the following cheshbon. Just like tomorrow is a full 24-hour day with a night and which precedes the day, has a night and a day to it. So too, Hayom, the today, the first day, should have a night with it. And being that Moshe was receiving this prophecy during the daytime, this was the first thing he was being told in the morning. This possible of the Kidashtem Hayom Umachar, you should sanctify yourselves today and tomorrow. That's a daytime prophecy. So that necessarily already means the night has passed. So there, how do we know it was a daytime prophecy? Um, because Moshe. Moshe, unlike other prophets, had prophecy not while he was asleep. So, so the Gemara also also says Hayom. 
seemingly the pasuk itself is telling us about that prophecy. You could say Hayom might might be said at night, but uh, the Gemara is assuming that Hashem is communicating the motion in broad day, day to day. Again, Moshe didn't have prophecy while he was asleep in, in dreams, but you could say maybe he was awake during nighttime. I mean, is it play into the calculation, like the miscalculation that Israel did, as far as counting one day too much? Is that a part of this? Again, equation? the same assumption. The assumption is that Moshe Rabbeinu, the Hashem spoke to Moshe to go up to the mountain. Uh, that was also during the daytime. So that, that, that's, that's a running assumption that we have because of the type of Nebuah that Moshe has. It's a, like a daytime Nebuah, basically. Show me like a Alex. Okay. So so again, so Moshe, so Moshe said, just like, so I see Hashem was telling me today and tomorrow, we should prepare for receiving the Torah. Now tomorrow is going to be a full day of preparation with a night and, uh, that precedes the day. So today also then, it's appropriate to be a full day with a night that precedes the day, and being that today, today, the night is already gone, we're already at daytime. So today is not going to be sufficient so I'm going to add another day to our preparations. Instead of preparing for today and tomorrow, we're actually going to prepare today, tomorrow, and the next day. And that's how Rabbi gets it, that there's three days of preparations, and therefore the receiving of Torah is on the 7th of Sivan. Yeah, can you get those books? Can you pass those books? Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Good. Um, might need this. Okay. Um, now, how do we know that Hashem agreed to Moshe in what he did? So it says three things. So first, for the fact that Moshe added an extra day from his own understanding to the preparation, we see that the divine presence only came and was revealed on Har Sinai, on the seventh of Sivan, meaning on, on, uh, on after three days of preparation, so we see that Hashem clearly went along with it. How do we know that Hashem agreed to Moshe separating from Sipora, his wife? Anybody? Respond to Miriam, right? So when Miriam is bad-mouthing Moshe to Aaron about the fact that he separated from Zipporah. So Hashem says, no, he did the right thing. Right? So that's clear support. And then how do we know that Moshe breaking of the luchos after the hate, uh, after the sin of the golden calf, uh, that Hashem agreed to that? That's right. The tablets which you broke, and the Chazal Darshan, Asher Shibarta, uh, that Yeshir uh, Kochacha, that you did that. Right? Good job. Yad Chazaka, with your strong hand, you broke it. That's a good, so Hashem's approval. Okay. Because it was stated back to as Hashem made that statement, that's where they get the idea that it was a thumbs up. Look, it's also from from the words over there. Look at the Rashi in the spot. Shabarta, look at the look at the Rashi in the spot. But we're going to be focusing, of course, on the first of those three, on the preparation for the receiving of the Torah, and the fact that Moshe added an extra day of preparation midaito from his own um, knowledge. Okay. Now, Tosos asked a very penetrating question that all the commentators have to deal with. 
So that's basically a mimon of shach. Whichever way you go is going to be difficult, okay? If we say, because the Gemara said, Moshe did it from his own thinking, and then the Gemara says, and where he know it from? Where he know to do such a thing? My darsh, what did he expound to come to such a conclusion? And the Gemara gives us a, a limud, right? A mamatsinusi, right? Just like the tomorrow is going to be a day that's going to have a day and a night to it, so to today should be with a night. That sounds like a like a hekish mamatsinu. That day, this so this day also should have that. There doesn't we have to add an extra day. So it says if indeed it is a what's called a drasha gemura, an absolute expounding. Um, there are many places where the sages will expound the Pasuk, the Darsh and the Pasuk, and based on that comes out uh, a halacha, which is a deraisa, which is a Torah violation or a Torah commandment. Right? So, uh, so if that's what's happening here, so how can we say Moshe did it midaito, from his own knowledge? He did it because he saw that's what the Torah is telling him. Mean, he heard Hashem say, Hayo, Ukidash them, Hayom, Umachar. Just like Machar is a lie to it, so to a Yom has to have a lie to it, so we have to have extra day. That's just the Torah is telling him that. Not Moshe doing it. You hear that? It's the Kasha of Tosis. On the other hand, if we say that it's not a Drosha Gmura, So then, based on what authority did Moshe delay the receiving of the Torah? How, how, how did he do such a thing? And then how does it work out that it, it appears as a Russian morale? It makes sense in the words that... It makes sense, yeah, but you, you can ask Pirchus. You can ask also as a Pirchus without such experts. And what is a Russian morale? was just a smachta. What's a smachta uh, bauma? Just a uh, you know that there seems to be an indication for that in the pasuk, but it's not enough of an indication to make it a derais, to make it a Torah a, to, a, a Torah commandment. Chazal or even Moshe Rabbeinu would ask what questions are. What that he had enough insights in order to know whether it's he would have he would have. So can we just say Moshe Rabbeinu knew? And, and it was which one? It was a Joshua Gemara or wasn't? So the Tosa is asking, so it's a Joshua Gemara, and it's not Moshe doing it from his own knowledge. He's doing it because he's seeing the Torah tell him to do it. But Hashem didn't say it directly, he made him learn a Joshua. That's true. That's not called his, that's called, that's still called a Kachmaru as a Tzivu, even at Moshe. If Moshe Rabbeinu said Joshua Gemara, then that's like Hashem said it. That's how we understood it. That's what Tosa is asking. Now, the Maral answers the Kashi of Tosis like this. Maral says, no, no, of course, every time that the sages learn something out from the Torah, even if it's a Drosha Gmura, absolute Daraisa Mitzvah, it's still called Midaito, because it is the oral half of the Torah means there's the written half of the Torah, which Hashem gave to us, which was, you know, whatever it is, uh, pre-existed the creation of the world by um, 1,974 generations, right? And, uh, and, 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 uh, and then, when, once that Torah is processed, is run through our minds, then the results is our mind is interacting with the Torah and when done properly, when done with the utmost toil by an absolutely pure-hearted person who's dedicated his life to it, then the results are true and binding, even though he's doing it midaito. So Moshe did it midaito, but it's still a Joshua Moon. It's an absolute Jewish, but yes, but it came from Moshe learning this Pasuk. 
Yeah, we, we, we see Moshe Darshan Apostle and bring out a halach. Now, that is not perhaps not the only place where Moshe did such a thing. But, it, but we see here, we see that Hashem then went and, and, and stamped it with a stamp of approval of actually coming and revealing himself to the Jewish people on the seventh day of Sivan. After three days of delay. Thus, making Moshe's decision a deraisa. Uh, actually, as if it's written in the Torah. Unlike other droshes of Chazal, which they do with Midaitam, but it stays the Torah Shabbat, it stays the it stays man man's contribution to the Torah. So so there's the part of, there's Hashem giving us the written Torah. There's our das, our amelus, our Torah that we contribute to it, which is also define it defines the Torah commandments. It tells what the Torah commandments are and what they're not. But that still would be totally midaitam from their own knowledge. The difference is that here Hashem then went and said yes to that. And it got, so to speak, written into the Torah. Now that's very interesting. In other words, we're seeing here in Sefer Shmos where Moshe's thinking is finding its way into the written Torah, which is mind-boggling, because really, I mean, Hashem is delivering, Hashem is just saying to Moshe the following, Hashem says to Moshe, saying the following, boom, 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 right, like the, uh, like the Arizal says, that it was, Moshe was like a mouthpiece for Hashem, he was just, it was, it was coming out, right? And yet here, we see that actually Moshe's learning, Moshe's thinking and decision determines the written Torah, all of a sudden. And the written Torah is the result of Moshe's drush. And he's the only one to do this, that's what you're saying? Like, for sure. Could ever come for sure. Right. Now, the truth is that this is not so crazily unique. There's a much, there, there, there's an entire safer, an entire book that we have of Nebua, which this is a very confusing concept that people have to spend a lot of time thinking about, learning about, to understand correctly, but. It is a Mefurish Gemara and Megillah, the entire book that was Nevoa that came from Moshe. And you want to know what that is? Sefer Dvarim. Dvarim means, you know what Dvarim means? Words. Words, the book of words, right? Eila Dvarim Asher Dibel Moshe. These are the words that Moshe spoke, Deuteronomy, right? The book of Deuteronomy in Hebrew is called Dvorim. But Dvorim is, these are the words that Moshe spoke. And, and the Gemara Megillah says that this was a qualitatively different prophecy because the, all the other prophecies, Hashem is speaking to Moshe. Here's Moshe speaking it. Never says Hashem said to Moshe. Moshe speaking it, and yet, of course, we know it's written in the Torah, it's 100% prophecy. But it's prophecy that's coming out of Moshe. To get into that right now, we don't have time. That's an entire limu b'fei atzmo to understand the nevuah of Sefer Dvar. Okay? But what I'm showing you here, very interestingly, according to the morale, is that even in Sefer Shmos, where the rest of the Sefer is 100% up to down prophecy. Hashem telling Moshe, write these words, the following, write this word, write this word, write this word. Okay? And yet, there is, there is uh, Hashem has agreed to, Hashem, to Moshe's 
reasoning and stamped it and it became part of the written Torah. That's how the morale explains. Okay? Now, you're asking yourself, very interesting, but what difference does it make to us? My nafka mina. What is going to come out of this for us for Shavuos? Is that the question you're, you're thinking, Ari? Okay. No. Now that we've established that in Sefer Shmos, over right over here, uh, with with Moshe Rabbeinu adding this one day, it literally gets written in to make the Cheshbon Koyter Biosi. And yes, it's actually the Torah now is saying what Moshe initially himself generated from his own thinking. So what? I mean, the, what we're saying is, wow, do you realize that this is, so to speak, Hashem saying over the Torah of Moshe, right here, in, in, uh, in this extra day that Moshe added, Hashem said, yes, we're going to add an extra day. And now it became the word of Hashem, even though first it was the Das of Moshe. Who cares? Nice thing, interesting, but who cares? How does it change my shavuos? Also, we're going to speak about the fact that now seemingly that there's some disagreement going on. But it's interesting that now that we know all this background, and we're and it seems like Hashem's stamp of approval, the Haman decided that it would be on the sixth of seven. For a different reason, they 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 they, they cash but the days different. Well, they would just disagree that that, that, that yeah, they would disagree that whether that happened or not. Of whether oh whether Kashbarak actually came on that day. They would say he came on the sixth day. He came on the sixth day. So actually, Machlokas said what what day he actually came. That's what they're. Which day of Sivan? Therefore, how many days they were in preparation? Okay. Um, but of course, it's Elu Beilu Jibelu Kim Kaim. There's there's something here that that uh, that, that Riviosi is revealing to us that is uh, incredible. Okay. Now. Um, Look on over here. Now, this is a very important question. According to Rabbi Yossi, so it comes out that the Torah was given on the seventh of Sivan. Shavuos is on which day of Sivan? Sixth. Sixth. Now, which is the Shavuos is the fiftieth day after the first day of Pesach, right? According to Rabbi the Torah is being given on the 51st day. Now the truth is the morale shows, I'm not going to get into the math now, but if you look carefully at the math of the Chachamim, because everyone agrees that the Torah is given on Shabbos. Both the Chachamim and Rabbi agree that the Torah is given on Shabbos. If you see which day the Chachamim understand that we left Egypt, and you do the math, even the Chachamim understand that the Torah was given on the 51st day of leaving Egypt. 51st day of the Omer. Okay? So even according to the Chachamim and Rabbi Yossi, you have to ask the question. If the Torah was really, the Jewish people heard Hashem speak to us, the Ten Commandments, on the 51st day, so why is the holiday of that on the 50th day? Good question. First year is on the 51st, but all subsequent years, Hazal, no, the Torah. Who told us to have it on the 50th day? The Torah, the Torah itself. But for some reason it was, even though the Torah said on the 50th day, the first year was on the 51st day. Well, the Torah, wait, again. The, the Torah says, on the 50th day, you'll commemorate a holiday, you can have a day of rest, you can have sacrifices, etc. Now, that's, that's what Hashem decided to do. But historically, the receiving of the Torah was on the 51st day. So why would Hashem make the holiday 
on the fiftieth day. Now, according to Rabbi Yossi, we have the beginning of an answer. What's the beginning of the answer according to Rabbi Yossi? Kefen? No, don't look inside the text. It's, 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 either, it's either in your head or not in your head. Okay. The reason is, we just said, according to Rabbi Yossi, Hashem was prepared to give the Torah on what day? After only two days of preparation, Moshe went and added an extra day. So the Torah was given, we heard Hashem speak to us on the 51st. But Hashem was already prepared to give it on the 50th. So then the holiday of Shavuos would be celebrating what? The Kaddish Baruch being willing to show himself to us. Exactly. So the, the moral says it's like an analogy that uh, you know, if, uh, if the king says, you know what, I'm going to, whatever it is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a million dollars, right? I, the king is sitting in his palace, he says, uh, I like Gavin so much, I'm going to give him a million dollars. He tells the secretary, right, right now a decree, Gavin's getting a million dollars, right? So the secretary quickly jots that down, right? Now, Gavin only gets to check the next day, right? But the check is dated on the day that the king decreed, right? So henceforth, which one are you going to celebrate? So when you get, when you get a, when you're gonna hang that check on the wall, right? But you can't hang it without receiving it first. No, you received it, right? So now you hang it on the wall, and every year you make a big celebration. Are you making a celebration when the king? After a long deliberation, he was this close to saying, you know what, actually he's going to give the million dollars to Alex. But he actually decided to give it to Geffen, right? Are you going to celebrate that moment? Or are you going to celebrate the moment that the, 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 the delivery guy finally came and gave, and gave him the check? Geffen, tell me the truth. Because that's when he decided you're going to get it. Afterwards, okay, you have to get it, right? But you're already jumping up and, you're jumping up and down, right? So, uh, and, and then, you know, the receiving is a separate step. There's a step of once the king decides to give it. It's, it's, that's it. It's already given. He's not going back on his word. He's the king. He says he's going to give a million dollars to someone. He's giving a million dollars. Right? There's no going back. But then there's a, there's a technicality that you have to now receive it. That might take some more time. Instead of a day, let's say, you want to make it shorter, an hour. Right? But it'll be a different hour or even a minute. But it, it, it's a different step conceptually. Okay? So it's a distinct thing. Um, so, according to Rabbi Yossi, that's what we understand. And even according to the Chachamim, why is it 51 days? For the same reason. That Hashem understood that there's, there's, there's the decision happening in heaven is one, and then the receiving of that decision is another thing. It takes another step. Each day is a step. So, just like there were 50 days 50 steps there's that one next step of actually getting it that's the 51st but the celebration is the 50th okay why is this important because we want to understand the concept of the process of receiverhood of receiving what does this process entail of receiverhood Receiving the Torah. Uh, can you give me that piece of paper?
Okay. Now, talking about the process of receiverhood. So, notice, let's go back to Moshe Rabbeinu. And Moshe Rabbeinu understands that we are not yet ready to receive the Torah. Right? We need another day of preparation. Hashem, on the other hand, is already prepared to give it. Right? It's a little bit of an interesting dynamic. So, first let's analyze what is it that Moshe understands that is lacking on our, on our side in the, in, in, the prepare, in the preparation. So again, so remind, let's remind ourselves what was lacking in the, in the, in the day thing. In days, nights, or whatever. We needed one full. We needed a full day and not a partial day. Oh, it, it was partial because it was missing what? A night. A night. It was missing the night, right? That that hayom is missing a night. Unlike umachar, which machar has a night and a day, it has a night with a day, but hayom only has a day, no night. It's missing a night. Now, what's the what's the what's the concept of the night? What does it mean? What does it mean the the night? What is the what's the what's supposed to be happening? When a person is preparing their night versus when a person is preparing during the day, what's the difference? If you if you have to prepare and you have to prepare for two nights and two days, what's the difference of what you should be doing in your preparation at night versus what you should be doing in your preparation during the day? So. The truth is that we've spoken about this before by uh, by Moshe, by, by, by uh, the Jewish people messing up with the count of 40 days waiting for Moshe to come down because the same thing happened. Moshe was commanded to go up to Harsina in the morning. He told the Jewish people he'll be back in 40 days. He did not count that first day because that first day was missing the night. They did count it because they were counting from daytime. And that's where the whole that's how the whole golden calf thing happened. But do you remember what we said about why one would begin counting from the nighttime versus the daytime? It has to do with the beginning of more brachas? No. So in the beginning of brachas, uh, there's a discussion where you should start counting the day from. From the, from the night to the day, or day to night. Everyone understands that day is 24-hour period. The question is, which way does it go? So, Tosos point out to us that when it comes to carbonus, we start from the daytime and go to night. But when it comes to other mitzvahs, we go from night, the day is assumed to be a night to day process. Just like we see in my celebrations, the era, the evoker, Yom Echad, it was evening, it was morning, that's one day. Or like with Kriyishma, Uvishach Bacha Uvkumecha, and you're lying down and you're standing up. That's one day again. And so we, we explained back there the Dover Tzedek, or Tzedek Cohen, as well as others explain that the concept is because in the other mitzvahs, we're coming, we're recognizing that the world is a broken world. There's problems that need to be fixed up. So you start with the night. Nighttime is a night, is a time of recognizing the lack that there is in the world. And then working towards the perfection of that, of those lacks, of those breakages represented by the daytime. Going from night to day, from dark to light. So by the Jewish people, by the Jewish people lacking a night, in other words, if you think about the, our preparation, it would look something like this. At nighttime, you sit down and you recognize, you, you, you dig deep and you discover all the impurities, all the lacks that you have in you that would prevent you from being able to receive the Torah. And then during the daytime, you work on repairing all those lacks and cleansing yourself. 
that's, that's the process that should have been taking place in preparation for Harsina, for, for receiving the Hashem speaking to us. And one of those nights was missing. In other words, we weren't, we weren't able to do sufficient self-criticism, introspection, looking at our faults, our flaws, about what needs to be fixed. And for some reason, Hashem is okay with that, and Moshe Rabbeinu says, well, we're not. Now, if you think to yourself, um, say, say, um, you have an incredibly loving relationship, husband and wife, right? So, the husband sees, sees no fault with his wife, right? Like, uh, like we spoke about in, in, in the Hassan Shurim, that Me'olam, the son never saw the Pagim of the Levon. Right? The son never sees the, the lack on the moon. The, the, it's always the, the, the perfected part of the moon that faces the sun, not the, not the, the diminished part. Right? So, in the, in the husband's eyes, the wife is perfect, she's wonderful. But she, in her, eyes, in her own eyes, says, no, I'm not good enough for him. I need to work on this, this, and this. Before, before, before you know, he's so wonderful, he's so generous, he's so noble, I still want to prepare myself more. Okay? Now, let's take a look at Pasuk in, in Voracious. Pasuk about Yehuda uh, and Tamar. Yehuda having the, from, from this relationship would come uh, parents. From parents, ultimately, is going to come David Melech, Shomelech, Mashiach, right? So, Vayomer, so Yehuda says to Tamar, Havona Avo Elech. Let me now please come to you in an intimate way. Says Rashi, Havona, give to me, give to me, and I will come to you. That's what the word says, Havana, give to me. Rashi says, What do you mean give to me? What's he asking her to give to me? What, what, what does he want her to give him? Isn't he going to be giving to her? Says Rashi, Prepare yourself and your knowledge to this. Prepare yourself. Okay, so Yehuda is asking. And he finishes off, and, and the Hasmana is a form of Nisina, giving. See that? Uh, uh, he says, Chutz mimokam sheyesh letargim belosh Nisina. So it's either a Hachana or a Nisina. And he says, and even the cases where it's a Hachana, it's a Hasmana, setting something aside, preparing something for that, it's anyway a, similar to a language of Nisina, of giving. You are saying, give to me, but give to me means prepare yourself. And prepare yourself is a form of giving to me. How so? How so is it the recipient preparing oneself to receive is a form of giving to the giver. By presenting a, by presenting a well-polished, clean, sparkling clean, vessel to the giver it's 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 a way of of making the giving process a, a, a better a better giving I mean, the giver wants to give but if it's going to spill over the place it's going to make a mess it's not going to really go in then it's not going to be a very good giving but the giver wants to give in the best way possible so the best thing the recipient can do is to prepare the environment for the giving right to, to prepare the vessels for that receiving that's a form of giving to the giver because the giver wants to give so you're giving him the opportunity to give in the best way possible 
that's what Moshe Rabbeinu gave, so to speak, to Hashem over here. That's what Klaus Hill gave to Hashem. Hashem was ready to give to us after a day and a half of preparation. That's like the loving husband says, my darling, you're, you look beautiful. And she says, no, no, for you, I have to put on, I have to put on mascara also. It's not, you're, you're, su- you're, you're such a hush of a person, I want to put on mascara also. I want to do that extra hachana for you. That's, that's the dynamic over here. First of all, we, we, we asked if Hashem wants to give. So Moshe saw, Midaito, he saw in this Pasuk that there's room for that. And it, it makes sense. But it's only our mind that can see that because we're the recipients. If Hashem were to decree that upon us, it would be to a certain extent, it's like, Look here, go look in the mirror again. Yeah, like it's, uh, I think you're missing something, right? That, no, it's we discovered that we need more preparation. And that's why specifically we, I asked the question before, why is it here that most Rabbi is able to contribute something to the Torah? The answer is because it has to do with the, with the recipient. Here the recipient gives something. Meaning the, the, the place where Moshe gives to have uh, his imprint in the Sefer of Shmos is as far as how the Jewish people are going to receive the Torah. And the same thing with himself, separated from his wife, that's the recipient. Hashem didn't demand that from him. Moshe saw that it was the appropriate thing. And even with the breaking of the Luchos, Hashem didn't say you can't give him, you can't give him the Luchos like this. Which said, no, no, we're not deserve, we're not deserving of, of receiving Luchos. Like well, we are. We've done. We this is not this is not a nation that accept they can accept two Luchos. We're going to do this thing all over again. Okay. The um, that's why it's specifically of his own volition. And that the receiving really is, is, is also an active process. It means supposed to receiving is just, okay, we got nothing to do. So it's fine. But receiving is an active process. Now there's a, we can, uh, interesting, the, 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 um, the Shemi says over a kasha from his father, the Avni Nezer. Now the Nezer asked, we know there's a drush in the Torah. It says, uh, we learn that the Simchas Yom Tov, the joy, the happiness of, of, of the Yom Tov, of the Yom Tovim, begins with the daytime. Meaning, on the Yom Tov, Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, and the Chagim, during the Chagim, the three Regalim, the, the obligation of Simchas Yom Tov doesn't begin with the immediate, with the entry of the Yom Tov, it begins only with the day, with the, with the, with the, with the day of, I mean the morning of, the morning, which means the, the first night of the Yom Tov does not have the mitzvah of Simcha. So the Lutvak Samang says it's a relief, a little bit of a joke. But, uh, but the Vilna Gold did say that the hardest mitzvah is to keep in, in the entire Torah to keep is this mitzvah of, of to be or to be or to be joyous for seven days. Pretty hard, non-stop. Yeah. The nights also, or just the first? No, henceforth the nights as well, because the nights are are, are are dragged after the days once you already started. But that first night, not. Okay. Now, so Nazar says, okay, listen, I understand this. It's coming from Sukim, it's coming from Joshua's. But, what's the concept behind it? Why is that the case? So the Rishonim explain a little bit of a technical reason. They say, the Rishonim say, because, because the Simchas Hayom Tov is intricately connected to the Shlomer, to the, 
peace sacrifices, right? To the, to the, 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 you get to eat from those sacrifices. Some goes on the Mizbeach, some the Kohanim take, and some the Bayan, the Israelim, get to take it and eat themselves. And that's what the Gemara says, Ain Simcha, Elabobasr, the joy, the true joy of a person is in eating meat. Doesn't mean any meat, it means specifically the meat of Shlom, of, of the sacrificial meat. So since the shlomim can only be brought in the morning of the of the first day of Yom Tov, yeah, you, you can't bring the shlomim of the Yom Tov beforehand. So on the on the first night of the Yom Tov, you don't have the shlom. You don't have the shlom. That's why there's no, you don't have a simcha. It's a technical answer. The other is digging. Well, why is that? Why is it that Hashem built the Torah in such a way that there's no simcha Yom Tov on the first night? He says. Okay, I can understand Pesach and Sukkot, I can explain. Pesach, the first night, you have the obligation to eat to, to eat the matzah. And the you know, time of the Karm Pesach, the obligation to eat the Karm Pesach. That obligation is such a heavy obligation on a person to make sure to fulfill it, not mess up in any way. Not make any mistake and fulfill that command of the king. That you're, that you're, you're shaking, that it would be too, that it, it, you can't have the commandment of Sukkot. On, on that night. The rest of the Yom Tov, you're off the hook, everything is wonderful, you can be happy for seven days. But that first night on Pesach, you have an obligation. First night in Sukkot, also an obligation. Obligation to eat a kazais of bread in the Sukkot, I mean a kibetz of bread in the Sukkot. What if I build my Sukkot correct? What if it gets blown over? What if, you know, so you have to make sure to fulfill the obligation. You can't have that. You can't have the mitzvah of Simchas Yom Tov. Too, too intense of a time. He says, "Well, Shavuos on the first day of Shavuos. Why? What's what's the obligation? What's the thing that you're working so hard on that you can't be obligated to Simchas Yom Tov on the first night?" It's the kasher of the other nazir. So he, so he, so the other nazir brings a statement from the Zohar. The Zohar says that a person needs to guard or to anticipate to receive the lofty purity which is going to come to him on that day. That night he has to spend in anticipation of that of that incredible purity that he's going to be receiving on the day. Says that amazing that anticipation. It's not a passive process. You sit there and twiddle your thumbs and no, no, one thing coming already. No, it means it means you have to be longing for it. You have to be anticipating for it. You have to be working to clean out your vessel, to be uh, to make sure to polish it in the best way possible, so that at the time that it's going to be ready to. To, 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 the Hashem is going to be ready to give it to you, you can be prepared to receive it. He says, because of that, that's why it's also such an intense time, you, you can't be obligated to simple Yom. Okay? But uh, it comes out from here, people, we know. So, for Shavuos, the first day, which is the third night, that's supposed to be, we were preparing. And then Hashem gave us the Torah on the day afterwards. So, then why is the second day of Shavuos? There's no second day of Shavuos, only one day of Shavuos. Shavuos is a one day holiday. So you have Shavuos and then you have Yom Tov for Shavuos. No, no, just, just one day, Shavuos. But in exile, in, in lands that are far away from Israel, where we can't know, you know once there's going to be a, a court declaring the new month in, in Israel, etc. So um, in, in Chutzarts, the the minig of Oseinu Biyadeinu is to keep is to keep two days Yom Tov. But it's not that there are actually two days. It's that we have a sfeka de Yom. We have a lack of clarity of which day is the real day. So we keep two days. 
But conceptually, Shavuos is one is a one day holiday. In Eretz Yisrael, it's only one day holiday. Okay, so, so in other words, Alex, what I'm answering you is, there is nothing in Israel, right? On the 51st day, nothing. It's, it's, nothing's happening on the 51st day. So, so, so today is the 4th of Shivan, tomorrow is going to be the 5th. So Shavuos is on the 6th, what you were saying, that it's actually on the 7th. On the 7th is when we actually heard Hashem speak to us. But there's no holiday for that. The holiday is the day that Hashem decided to speak to us. Back to the king with the with the billion dollar check analogy. By the way, I'm sorry that you lost out in the, in the analogy. You lost out on the million dollars and Gavin got it. But uh, next time we can in the analogy we can make you the winner. Yeah. Okay. Two of us weren't even in the running. What? The two of us weren't even in the running. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I'm sorry. We would you want to overcomplicate the the analogy? Uh, you said that uh, the other mitzvahs are all uh, all the mitzvahs are night and day, but karbonos were different. Yeah, that's because karbonos is you're already starting in the base of migdash, as like you're starting in the perfection, as like a shining outward to fix up the rest of the world. You start with daytime and and shining outward. Not gonna have time to get into that right now, but yeah, karbonos is an exception um, from all the mitzvahs. So is that also, that's not the way that Hashem receives things, that He wanted to give it on that day, so everything starts daytime with Him? It's not, we don't need yep. preparation for it, For us, we do need to be there. Yep, yep, I can hear that. Rep, so, on the, uh, this one, uh, on this question over here, so is that the answer with that? That was in order to make sure that the uh, receiver was preparing and like it, you know, I, I didn't fully understand because, what the answer was. Because, because, so to speak, Hashem, as far as he's concerned, he said, you guys are good enough. This is fine. I'll take it. Oh, it was the moon of this. Okay. And then, that, and then we're saying, because the Kashmir was so great, like, right. we're not ready. We, we right. need that extra time. We, we want to be even better for you. Okay. Right, now, now, okay, now it makes more sense to me. Okay. Very good. That's obviously why we're going to spend the entire night, Bezos Hashem, the midnight of Yisrael, has become, certainly, like the Zohar says, to spend the entire night learning in preparation for the receiving of the Torah. That's what we're doing the whole night. We're polishing those vessels. We want to be as beautiful as we can for when we go into the chuppah.